Welcome to the Horror For You podcast. Well, it is Wednesday, January 20th of 2021, broadcasting from our hometown studios in Wausau, Wisconsin, episode number 94. I'm John Richards. I'm Andy Gillian. We're here with special guest Adam Krause. Hey, we finally got him. Yeah. Director of Gags the Clown, Adam <laughs> Krause. How are you, buddy? I'm very good. How are you guys doing? Real good. Fantastic. Hey, uh, and before we really get into this, the interview part, I want to say huge congratulations to you and your wife. Uh, one-year-old daughter. I see the pictures all the time on Facebook, so congratulations. And she, She's got the red, head, red hair just like you do. Yeah, she's uh, she's awesome, man. Um, it's it's been a lot of fun. It's especially now that she's turned one. It's you know when babies babies are kind of stressful, you know. But it's like once they turn the personality, man, it's a lot of fun. So um, yeah, thank you very much. She's she's oh, a absolutely. blast. Uh, she's absolutely, my day, so you guys are yeah. are, are, are truly blessed. Um, okay, so. Uh, let's get into it. And this is the first time that we're doing this because we're trying to expand the podcast, but I, I think it's awesome that we got, you know, a director, you know, from Wisconsin specifically in green Bay because Andy and I, and we'll get into this later. Um, Gags, the clown, one of, one of those movies that Andy and I had reviewed on the podcast and we love it so much, but we just kind of want to get to know you. I, in my understanding, you got to start uh, university of Wisconsin Oshkosh, right? Correct. Yeah, that's where I went to college. Awesome. And, yeah, was, and uh, your first. Go ahead. No, I was just I was going to. So, um, yeah, I, I went I, I knew I wanted to go to school for film. I was kind of a homebody. I grew up in O'Connell Falls, Wisconsin, which is about 30 miles from Green Bay. And I remember mm-hmm. I, I was telling my my parents I wanted to go to school for film when I was a freshman. I, and, and they they knew that like I was I was a kid who was. Um, I, I, I'd staple construction paper together and I, I draw my own sequels to like Indiana Jones and Terminator and stuff like that. And, um, and I was always, so I was like writing like my little quasi sequels when I was just a kid. But, um, so they knew I always wanted to do that, but I didn't also want to leave that far from home. In hindsight, I kind of wish I would have maybe at least tried to apply to a few other film schools, but I, Oshkosh was close. I heard good things about the program and, um, I actually, I loved my time there. I learned a lot and it was, it was great. And um, that's really where I first started making short films was in college. So. Well, that's interesting because you like the shorts that I've seen and, and some of the things that you've done, um, you, you seem to really embrace the horror genre. Yeah. Um, what was like the first movie that you saw where you're like, that's what I want to do. Oh God. First, so like the first horror movie. Um, yeah. Honestly, I, when I've been asked this question in the past, it's it wasn't really a movie that did it for me. It was um, the Goosebumps books, um, the R.L. Oh. Stein Goosebumps books. I just I loved those books, and I loved like scarier things. And then I started getting into like the Universal Monster movies because my library, my middle school library, had like um, the hardcover books of them, like the Dracula and the Creature from the Black Lagoon and all that. So then I started getting into that and I was just, it was just all kind of that that's kind of it snowballed from there. And then I remember a, a, my best friend had a horrible, uh, he called it a horrible horror movie marathon we <laughs> went to his house in seventh grade. And we rented a, he rented a bunch of horror movies 
that he, you know, and, and then we all just sat around drink soda and popcorn and all my friends, like they just, they were, they weren't even watching the movies. They were just like um, talking about girls. And I think girls came over and they were like outside with the girls. And I just stayed in the basement watching the horror movies. Cause I was just like, it was like really the, my first time watching horror movies. Um, and I was just, I remember Halloween six was one of the ones he rented. And that was my first introduction of Michael Myers. And now <laughs> that's probably my favorite horror franchise. And, you know, the, the original John Carpenter films, one of my favorites of all time. I just, I, I was just a candy man was one of them. And we were just, uh, that's pretty much where it started. And it just kind of never stopped from there. And, um, I wasn't exclusively, I made uh, a few drama shorts, uh, a comedy short um, in college. I really do love all genres. I mean, I, I, I really, first and foremost, I'm just a film lover. I'm, I, I just, I love film. I love cinema. I mean, I, I'm on like a big Western kick right now, um, you know, so I, I, I love all genres. But yeah, there's definitely something about the horror genre that's always been with me. And when it comes to writing films, like, <laughs> I've had producers talk to me where it's like, just write a script where it's, you know, it's a comedy. It, it doesn't take a lot of money, you know, one or two locations, one or two characters, just banging out, you know, gigs, the clown was funny. You can be funny. And I just, I can't think of any ideas. Like I just, I get so stumped when it comes to just like a comedy, but I got a two notebooks filled with horror ideas of movies I want to write. But of course, all horror movies, you know, depending on what you're writing, the, the budget increases and all that. And, uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's always, there's always been something about horror that, uh, I always, I always, I always come back to it. I, I just, I love it. Well, and that brings it to me, my, to my next question. You said you love all genres. What is there a, is there a particular director that you just went, okay, you know, I, 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 this is kind of like a, a, not a mentor, but, you know, somebody I kind of want to, you know, take the, kind of take the reins from and be able to create whatever genre it is. Is there a director out there that you first go, yeah, that gal or that guy? Yeah. I mean, in college, I was so big in the Richard Linklater. Um, I really, really loved his style. I mean, just being a film student and just knowing where Richard came from, you know, you know Austin Film School, you know, he produced Slacker on his own budget, like when he was really young. And then he just, you know, he started getting these bigger budgets, Days and Confused. And, and I just, I really, and then the Before, you know, Before Sunrise, um, those movies, I was really, really into Richard Linklater. And there's, there's so many. I mean, there's so many directors that I respect, that I've respected throughout the years. I mean, when I was a kid, I, I wrote letters to Steven Spielberg. Um, <laughs> like in first grade, we, we had to write a letter to a hero of ours. And I wrote one to Steven Spielberg. Never wrote me back, unfortunately. But um, who knows? Maybe they never even got it to him. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I remember just being in, like, I remember, you know, my parents telling me, like, Jaws, E.T., you know, in, 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 these were all directed by the same. I'm like the same person made these movies. Like, and then I started, you know, and then I saw Duel, and I started getting more into like some of his deeper films. I really, really like Steven Spielberg. I mean, so I mean, right now, currently, um, you know, I'm a big fan of God. I, don't know, I hope I can say his name. Denise Villanueva. Um, he did uh, Prisoners. 
um, enemy. Uh, he did the Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. Uh, yep. Uh, I really, really like his work right now. Um, yeah, there's just, there's so many, there's, there's, there's so many directors. I mean, it's, um, yeah. So, so we'll move a little bit away from the, the college days, but um, I saw this trailer for a short called home sweet home. And uh, we were messaging back and forth on Facebook and it's just, I guess my question is, is it, is it more paranormal? Cause I, I haven't seen the short cause they're really hard to find, but is it more paranormal or is it a home invasion, a uh, haunted house, all that? Oh, oh yeah. I mean, I wish I, when we were messaging on Facebook, I had, I thought you found the film. I thought I had it online. I don't remember if I, I have it online. I wish you would have <laughs> sent you a link um, to watch it. No, it was, um, yeah, it was a 30 minute short I made in 2013. And, um, yeah. It was, uh, the premise is, and I got the idea when I was house, house hunting with my wife in 2012. And right. we found a listing online of um, this house. It was out in the country. And I'm like, oh, let's just go take a look at it. We'll do, it'll be our Saturday afternoon drive. And we went out there and it was just, it, it was on this dead end road. It was this creepy house in the country. No one looked like, it, it didn't look like it was lived in for years. And we went there, my wife and I went there and we kind of peeked in the windows and stuff. And the whole thing just gave me this creepy vibe. And I immediately just wrote a, a 30 page short film based on that experience. I think with that, that week, um, and it, same exact premise to a young couple, they, they find a, an ad for a house for sale by owner way out in the country. Um, they go out there, same thing. It looks, you know, like it hasn't been lived in for a while. They find out that a back patio door is open and they just like, well, what the heck? Let's just go take a look. And um, other people are living there. Um, and I have a whole backstory of who's living there and what, why they're there. Um, and uh, yeah, it was a lot I, of fun. And, uh, yeah. And I, I saw a comment on, on the YouTube page, on your page that you know somebody asked what kind of weapon it was i mean i couldn't really tell because i watched it a couple of times it almost looked like an ice skate or an ice skate blade okay so i mean spoiler alert but who cares it's a it's a short yeah. film we're gonna spoil some other things too so yeah so uh, it was it was uh, the story was it was two um two runaway children were living in the house and they ran away from an abusive foster home and there was one young boy who still wasn't corrupted by the what he saw in the evil foster home but then his protector whether it was i never really in my head it was it wasn't his older brother it was just someone that he connected with at the foster home he had seen the horrors that adults do and so he hates all adults and they wore masks and they wore old ragged clothing that they found in the abandoned house and the older the violent one and i was in my head when i'm writing the script i'm like what's a weapon the boy can make with just stuff laying around an abandoned house. And so um, it was a bat and then an ice skate that I cut the actual leather, um, you know, the leather part off. So it was just the, the hard sole with the blade. And then yeah. he duct taped that to the bat. And that was his weapon. <laughs> and we have two really awesome kills in the film where um, it was super low budget. I mean, I, I, I funded it out of pocket. We shot it in two and a half days. Um, so... Uh, both kills were they were cutaways, 
but then um, we showed the, I had one blade, I had two, and then I had one blade cut to form the victim's face so we could look like it was smashed through his face. And then we did special effects to make it look like there was a hole in his face. Um, oh, nice. Nice. But yeah, we, 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 it wasn't a big festival run for that one. Um, I didn't get into a lot of festivals. Uh, you know, I, I was told the runtime really affected that. That was where I first heard that like, short horror films like it's a death sentence to have them at 30 minutes unless you're like you have a an incredible budget and production value through the roof and you're like a well-known director who shot it you're supposed to keep those short horror films below 15 minutes for for horror festivals and i was so i didn't know that so it was 30 minutes but i got a lot of comments on that and one reviewer actually wrote he's like this is the coolest weapon i've ever seen (laughs) like Feature shorts. This is the coolest weapon I've ever seen. So it was, it was I, pretty- I, I, I tell you, with with the score that you had in the in the trailer and watching it, I'm really intrigued to watch it. You will I, be getting a link, my friend. I will. Yeah, I'd I will love send to see you it. A link. Yep, I'll send you guys both a link. Uh, yeah, and that was like the first time I worked with. Uh, I had a a PA who uh, who who he did a Craigslist ad that I had for help, and he came for free. You know, I was just doing this all for free. And he ended up being really a, a fun guy who I stayed in touch with for a few years. And he's just like, hey, I have a few songs that I, I wrote. You want to use them for the movie? I'm like, send them over. I'll take a listen. And I was like, this one that I put in the trailer, I'm like, oh, that's great. So eerie. It's totally trailer, eerie. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, and I just want, we'll touch briefly on this because, you know, there was nothing really to it, but the, the, trailer was actually <laughs> it blew me away um there's no place like home which is being described as a wizard of oz horror take yeah um it was just an idea i've always had in college i remember thinking like i'm gonna make i'm gonna make a feature length horror version of wizard of oz and i even at one point had a uh, 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 a treatment written out for it uh, i've just always been creeped out by wizard of oz like not even like Return to Oz is absolutely terrifying, but the original oh. Wizard of Oz is just, there's something about that film. It's just always giving me the willies. I don't even like thinking about it. And um, it's just got a weird vibe. And then of course, you know, some the rumors about the movie, like a lot of them have been debunked, but as a kid, I didn't know that. And I thought there were like dead people hanging in the trees and stuff. And the movie just always creeped me out. So once I graduated college and I was still trying to find my footing, I lived in Chicago for a couple of years. Uh, I just, I, 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 I went so long without making anything. I just, I asked two friends, I'm like, Hey, can we just spend a Halloween where I shoot something? I got this idea. And so I bought all the costumes, you know, we did kind of like, we did wizard of Oz costumes, but then we kind of meshed it together with the strangers. So it was like, That's, strangers. it was like, it was like a, yeah. A lot of strangers like home invasion and that's exactly what it was in my head it was like you know in that trailer there was <clears throat> just these three maniacs you know who, who they just get their kicks off of dressing up like the wizard of oz characters and then you know break going into homes and just it, it, that's exactly what it was and i took my treatment that i wrote in college and i broke it down to just this fox trailer that um you know i could uh, I put the scenes together and we shot it on just this rinky dink hundred dollar consumer grade camcorder. Like it was just, it was just a piece of junk that we shot it on, but I didn't <laughs> care. You know, we were having so much fun. 
Um, the costumes turned out great. Um, yeah. we, we had, you know, we were drinking some beers. We were just enjoying ourselves. It was Halloween night and it was just, it was fun. So we, and we shot that trailer actually at the same house that we shot home sweet home at, which is, That's what, I kind of noticed that you know, a good friend of mine. Uh, he bought that house. He was like one of the first of our friends out of high school to buy a house because he did trade school. And then like after two years, he was making really good money. So he bought this house, but it was, it was a fixer upper, and before he was able to fix it up. So back, you know, in 2010 and 2013, he let me shoot these movies there because it was a little rundown and um, it just had this great look to it. And he had this super creepy basement. And uh, yeah, so we shot both of them there. Well, the aesthetic to me was great because, because that, that's, that's Wisconsin. That's, that's like Midwest, you know, the, yeah. the one level with the basement. But it, it, it was a beautiful aesthetic. You know, I think I asked you, when yeah. did you shoot that or where did you shoot that? You know, it's, it felt like summertime in Wisconsin, you know, being out here for yeah. almost four years. It's like it, it felt that way. I think the cherry on top for me, uh, well, not just the beginning, like the, the this movie would have been rated R. But the fact that you, <laughs> you, you know, it was kind of that record sounding, if I only had yeah. a brain and then, the, <laughs> and then the, the scarecrow holds up a brain. And that was like, that was good. And I was actually... I was actually the scarecrow. I was the scarecrow and my two friends were the other. Um, and yeah, we just set up the camera up on tripods and press record and we shot all those scenes. And um, that was like a, that was like a $2 brain prop that I bought at like Halloween Express. And I just, I put some blood on it. I made it look wet and fresh and that's, that's what you do. That's fantastic. <laughs> all right. Well, you know, now, now that we're recapping this, and you, you probably get asked this a lot anytime you talk to anybody, but Gag from 2016 was started off as a marketing campaign, and then it turned into a feature film. So, obviously, you took a few pictures, posted them, and then things really started taking off for you, right? Yeah. So the it, it was a short film. Um, it was 2016. I made a. a same vein as uh, Home Sweet Home. I just I funded it myself out of pocket. Um, it was my most ambitious short film that I funded myself, um, uh, and uh, we shot it in um, May of 2016. And then um, I edited together all summer. And from the start, obviously with the subject matter, it was based on real life stories of clown roaming. That I heard well, I felt documentary style because you showed like Jacksonville and everywhere yep. else where this yeah. clown thing was happening. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, the Berkshire clown in the UK was one of my primary, um, in, uh, that's what kind of influenced me. That's where I first heard the story. And I was like, man, that's super creepy. Like, and then um, the, um, I, I can't think of the name now. There was a clown in um, uh, California who was doing the same thing. Um, it turned out to be a, a college kid doing a photo assignment, but, uh, yeah, so it was a short film, a short film that I'm very proud of. Uh, I did everything. I produced it. I had a good friend of mine, DJ cast. He was my director of photography. He supplied me with the equipment cause he owns a video production company. And, you know, I gave him, you know, uh, a few dollars for four days, four nights of his time. And, um, I was really, really proud of the, the short film that we, we came up with. It was, it was fun. It was creepy. Man, gags turned out so well. 
Like I, you know, I designed the mask. I had a company down in Austin, Texas, make its suits, everything. I just really loved that short film. But yeah, um, from the start, I wanted to convince Green Bay that they had a Roman clown. And I had no idea it was going to be as effective as it was. Um, no idea. And I'm not lying. Like I just, we took those pictures. It was more of like a test. I took those pictures in April as just a test to see how my actor looked in the, the costume. And uh, we released them August 1st and uh, August 1st, 2016. And it just went viral immediately. Um, well, well, to me, it, it felt, it felt like what the Blair Witch Project did back in 98, 99, that it was a marketing campaign. And then all of a sudden it became its own animal. Yeah. And I, I don't want to, you know, compare. Oh, no, know, no, no, no. I mean, obviously Blair Witch was just su such a huge phenomenon, but in its own right, that kind is what happened to us. I mean, four days after I posted the pictures, I was being interviewed by USA Today, or I should say four days after I announced it was for a film and I was one behind it. Uh, uh, New York Times, it was, it was just insane, the, the coverage it got. And then it sparked that 2016, you know, for the next three months, there were clown sightings everywhere in the country. Like, gigs the clown granted i got the idea from other people doing it but those gigs pictures that i released on august 1st that was just the catalyst mm -hmm. to just the south carolina stories of like clowns abducting children and indiana of like people like they were just there every state reported clown sightings and i just like i couldn't believe how crazy it was stephen king talked you know he has a little blurb about gigs and like uh, you know how he would be scared if he saw that clown under the bridge. <laughs> Stephen King saw a character that I made in a picture, you know, art that I essentially made. Stephen King saw it and commented on it. Like it was just so surreal. Alice Cooper, Bam Margera, they all just they all had little posts on it. It was it was it was wild, man. But yeah, anyway, the the short did really good on the festival circuit. And then producers from Chicago approached me in October of 2016. They loved what I did. They, they loved the, the buzz behind it. They're like, you got you to gotta attack this. You know, you got to strike while the iron's hot. And um, we did. It was ridiculous how fast we, we uh, my, you know, my best friend, one of my best friends, he, he pitched me the idea for the feature. We went with it. I was kind of against the feature at first. I was like, I, I was so proud of the short film. And I'm like, I think... This it's with all things viral, you know, this is in, we're hot now, but in a week, no one's going to give a shit, you know? And <laughs> so I wasn't, I didn't know if I wanted to invest the three years of my life it took to get gigs, you know, shot, finished, premiered, distributed. It was, uh, but I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad that I, I got that out of my head, but yeah, we, uh, we kind of greenlit the film in December of 2016. We had a finished shooting script by February of 2017 and we were shooting May, 2017. So it was so fast tracked. It wasn't even funny because in part we wanted to strike while the iron was hot, you know? <laughs> well, I'm going to show you something here is that I'm actually watching it right now. It's the Charles Wright scene where he, uh, he's calling out gags on the, uh, uh train track. I've watched this movie six times, so it's it's a lot of. Also, going to say huge congratulations! You just got an international release, Australia, New Zealand of October of last year, and yeah. then you went to the UK and Ireland of November. Yep, yeah, that's awesome. We got um, 
and that's really just um, so my two the two primary producers on the film, um, uh, Rob Stern and Sarah Sharp, great people, but they're just they're really making a name for themselves right now in in the horror film um, world, and that's just they're just making connections and they're they're aggressive and um, that was really them just pushing they they made the right connection with um you know a sales rep at jenga films who, who who covers you know the uk territory and they just he got the film over there and um yeah it's it's awesome it's you know now you got instead of just one revenue stream of north america now you got you know six different revenue streams so Congra- um, congratulations yeah. man that's awesome yeah so yeah, th- this is yeah, this is what we're segueing into, and you know, Gags the Clown, uh, a movie that Andy and I have reviewed, we both really enjoyed. Like I said, I've seen it multiple times, and and get more enjoyment out of it each and every time. But Andy, awesome. um, you like this movie too, dude? Well, yeah, absolutely. I, I uh, you know, I was really impressed what you were able to do. I, I don't know what your budget was on this, uh, but uh, I was very impressed with the way the movie came off. I didn't expect it to be, and I, you know, I. I, I just didn't expect it to come off as well as it did. And um, I guess I, I'm just kind of curious how you casted the film uh, because the actors do a fantastic job in this for a, uh, a lower budget film. You don't see the, the kind of acting yeah, that you have in this film. Uh, there's movies with much bigger budgets that have way worse, act, like just bad acting. And, and your actors did a fantastic job. I didn't uh, get the idea that this was uh, you know, a low budget film at all uh, from, from the acting that your, your people were doing. So just kind of curious how you uh, connected with the actors and if that was uh, your direction that kind of led, led that or, or how you got them to perform like you did. Um, so yeah, thank you. Um, very much. It was a very low budget film. Um, and, uh, we, so, our, you know, our Lauren Ashley Carter, um, was, it was incredible when she agreed to do it. So I kind of gave a list to my producers, knowing our budget, knowing some of our restraints, um, again, super low budget. It's, I still don't even know if it's, I've been instructing, you know, never say what the budget is. So sure. but I'll just tell you, I mean, it's, it's, it was low. I mean, and what we were able to do, it was a lot of hard work, but um, yeah. So Lauren Ashley Carter, um, I, 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 I was a huge fan of her, a huge fan of her. Like I, I loved Jug Face and I loved Darling and I, I, I legitimately like wanted to work with her and uh, I gave her a name and she was interested. She was living in the UK at the time. She's still living in the UK and um, I remember I was driving down to the Wisconsin Film Festival in Madison because the short was playing there. And I'll never forget this. I was halfway down, you know, halfway between Green Bay and Madison and my phone rings and it's my producer. And she's like, hey, <clears throat> uh, Lauren Ashley Carter read the script, absolutely loves it. She is she wants to be in this movie. She's like she's going to be in this movie and she's you got to talk to her now. And I'm like, wait, what? And she's like, she's in the UK. She's got a weird schedule. Like you have to talk to her now. And I was like on the highway to the Wisconsin Film Festival. So I pulled off into a Culver's parking lot and talked to Lauren Ashley Very Wisconsin. Yeah, totally, right? But yeah, she was so so awesome. Um, I didn't do a lot of directing with Lauren. (laughs) She knew knew how she wanted this character to look. It all made sense to me. It's exactly kind of how me and John wrote it. 
she was amazing. Oh my God. She just like, when the cameras roll, I, I would say 30, 25 to 30% of her lines in the film are improv. And oh, wow. she was having so much fun because she doesn't, she's never done a comedy before. You know, she's done all of these really intense films like Darling, like Jugface, you know, like, um, you know, a lot of her previous films, none of them were really comedies. And um, so she was like excited for that. And I'm really glad that I was able to provide her that platform because she's hilarious, very full of mouth. I mean, at one point, there's, there's a lot of cursing in the film. And at one point, my producers were like, during shooting, they were like, hey, we need to watch this. Like, they, we can't just be dropping so many F-bombs. We edited out like 40 F-bombs from the final cut. There were so many. And Lauren was a big reason why. She was just playing. A, but yeah, so that was kind of my experience with Lauren. But then as far as everyone else goes, <clears throat> just a lot of local talent. And um, like Wyatt, who plays Dale the cameraman, he's a Green Bay guy. He, um, I did a filmmaking seminar with him for the Green Bay Film Festival for children. He does a lot of things with children. He, he does a nonprofit. Um, he runs a nonprofit that uh, develops foster children and teaches them skills. He's a great dude. But um, that's where I met him was at a, a, a filmmaking workshop for children. And uh, it was one of those things where my, my writing partner and best friend, John Pata, he was, um, we were all talking to Wyatt and we kind of like step back and me and him, like, uh, we're just like, Hey, Wyatt, Wyatt could be Dale. And I was just like, yep. Wyatt is totally Dale. And I talked to him and he was down with it. You know, he lived in New York city for a long time and he was a, you know, uh, an actor and a stunt coordinator in New York city. So he was all for it. And then, yeah, the, the, the teenagers, they were local, you know, Squall, um, the long-haired one. Um, Squall, he, he came from Minneapolis. He was great, man. He was – it was just finding the, uh, the right energy with the local actors, like, in and around Wisconsin to match the roles. Um, you know, Charles Wright was played um, – <laughs> yeah, he, he, and he was – Charles Wright was played by a good friend of a good friend of mine, but a good friend of John's, the co-writer. Um, and uh, he did uh, John did a feature film um, that Aaron was in. And um, when we were writing the film, he's like, I see Aaron playing Charles Wright. And I'm like, oh, totally, totally. And um, there was a little uh, kickback from the producers because they thought that the Charles Wright role was the media role and they wanted a bigger name. They want, there was a couple names actually floating around of people that were interested um, in the Charles Wright role because they just loved how the script read and, you know, Charles Wright's character has, you know, the biggest, um, it, it's character. It, it, and it's just, it's a meaty role. Yeah. It's a, it's a very meaty role and there's a lot to work with there, but man, Aaron did, I did a couple reads with Aaron on Skype <clears throat> And I was just like, yeah, yeah, Aaron's got it good. And he was he nailed that. That him. was that yeah. was he was fantastic in that role. And yeah. uh, that character was great. What is there was there any inspiration behind that character? Is there uh, anything that inspired that, or is that just uh, something? Yeah. Uh, uh, so when gigs went viral with the short film, the pictures in August, yeah. uh, it would shock you guys to find out how much violence was. Um, threatened against us. So I had this 
kind of this huge beast that I was working with that just grew. I mean, we had 55,000 likes on Facebook in two days and it just, it was, it was unreal. And all of the pictures I shot of gigs was before I even released the pictures back in spring, April. And I thought, man, this, this would be a great time to start having, you know, gigs the clowns show up in downtown green Bay and kind of mingling with people and promoting the film. But we just couldn't do it because I got so many pictures and so many audio files sent to me of people saying like, you think you could scare me? Like one guy went to where I took the first pictures and he, he stood where gig stood and he's like, he's holding his, you know, his, his gun. And he's like, if I saw your clown, I wouldn't grab my camera. I'd grab this. And he said that. But you mentioned that you did that in the movie. That was a line that Charles Wright used. And that is fantastic. And you asked where Charles Wright came from. Charles Wright basically came from me and John realizing just the the problem that this country has. The the conservative extremist problem of like anything that threatens, you know, you have these these right-wing extremists where anything that just remotely threatens them, you know, it's not normal. It's not there. That's not normal. They have to grab their guns and threaten to shoot people. Like that's their American right. And it was a freaking, it was a clown. Like who, (laughs) I don't know who on earth would actually be threatened by, you know, Giggs the clown to the point where you would threaten death against a person. But like the actor who played Giggs, you know, he's a friend of mine from Appleton with four kids and I just couldn't risk anything. Because of all of the people, and I reported all the Facebook, but one guy sent a message, a, a voice message, and it was just really alarming. And he's just like, my, my, my girlfriend's afraid to go out at night because of your stupid clown. It's like, I'm going to put some bullets in your stupid clown. And I was just like, what is wrong with people? So that's- but that's the social commentary of the movie, though, right? Is yes. that you yes. know, it's just people's, people's like craving for for, you know, to have an excuse to be able to do this. Yeah. And then that exa- and that's why a lot, we got a lot of criticism on the feature film because, you know, the short was more of a, <clears throat> was more of a straight up like horror film. It was a, as a found footage horror film of four um, young people being stalked by a supernatural killer clown who was killing them. And um, that, so the short film was more, but the feature was born and bred through our experiences of dealing with gags, the clown going viral. And it became so much more like the clown wasn't the threat. It was the right-wing extremists. It was the media who they, you know, at one point in 2016, you know, the, the white house security correspondent was asked what he, what they plan on doing about all the clown sightings. I mean, like the media was just doing everything they could to <clears throat> stretch this story out. And there was a media, it was the high schoolers who were doing copycat stuff, who were, who were causing all the problems, who were like trying to like pretend they were abducting kids. And it was just, so we're just like, yeah, that's where the story of Gags came from. Where it's like, Gags isn't really the problem here. It's, it's all these other people that are the problem. And we threw the police officers in there because they had to, you know, deal with all the crap. Um I, I got a quick question about the Heather Dupree. Um, I'm sorry, this is another spoiler, but the balloon at the end, was that based off of her character? Did you have that made or did you find that and go, you know, this is what she needs to be wearing? Oh, Angela Verdino, man. She was my head um, art department 
she did such an awesome job with that. Um, we wrote it in the script. She found, I don't even know, it was some, you know, licensed character that she found at like Party USA. <laughs> and, uh, Angel, Angie bought a, a bunch of these balloons and she just painted them and made it look exactly like Heather. So part of the reason why we chose the red jacket. Red jacket really, it's kind of a crappy color to shoot with um, as far as like, because it was such a bold red. It just makes color correction just a pain in the butt. We were, we were, <clears throat> we were under so many different lights. Like she was under so many like sodium sulfur lights and she was then riding in the van and you had the, you know, um, more of the brighter white lights on her. And it was just, it was really hard to color correct that damn jacket. But it was part of the reason why we chose it was, I mean, there was a few other reasons like psychological reasons, but there was other reason was it was, it was really easy to, to make that balloon look like Heather because that red jacket was just so hey, loud. And, yeah. When Andy and I did the review, we were just like, what is it based off of? Did they, they did they get a balloon made or was it, you know, the, 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 the costume design was based off of the balloon. Yeah. No, it was, it was the balloon. We had the costume design set and ready to go, which I didn't meet Lauren. You know, I talked to her a few times on Skype. She lived in the UK. Mm -hmm. Our biggest shoot night, it was actually a night we, we had so much scheduled. We had to shoot all at night in May of Wisconsin, which you guys know, it's not, a, we don't have many hours of nighttime. <laughs> no. you know, it's, it's not officially dark until like nine and then sun's coming up at five. So we crammed so much into the nights and this was the night that Lauren came in, flew in. It was literally like she got there. We got to say hello. Um, our department took it over and started picking out her wardrobe and fitting her. Cause we couldn't get her here any sooner. Cause you know, super low budget film and we can't just fly her in from the UK. Right. Um, so it was just such a busy night. We actually, that was a one night, of the oh, how many days did we shoot 14 13 that we had i had to, we had to do a second unit um we did a second unit that did uh, some of the police driving scenes because we just had so much to do and i couldn't be at three places at once so um, well like you said it took three and a half years to create this so i mean you yeah. probably didn't get jack squad for sleep <laughs> yeah 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 exactly and again we shot the film i mean it was a super aggressive shooting schedule like shot the bulk of the film in 13 days, 13 wow. nights. And, wow. um, oh God. Yeah. The, um, I would say the first seven days, I just, I maybe got five hours of sleep. It was <laughs> very rough. I was so nervous. It was my first feature. I was so, I'd be so tired when I was shooting on set, but then I'd come home and I just couldn't fall asleep. I was just thinking about what I need to do better. What needs to go well, what do we got to do? And yeah, it was, it was rough. Looking back on it, though, it's like a love-hate relationship. Any filmmaker will tell you. Like, the actual sh production, it gets rough at times, but now I've, it's been so long. You know, it's been three and a half years since I've been making a film, and I'm just dying to make another one now. So it's like you forget all the hard times, <clears throat> and you just remember the good times, and you're just, like, longing for the set life again. At least I am. I just – I, I got to shoot something here soon. <laughs> <laughs> so what what is coming up next for you? What are you uh... – you got anything coming up? So, yeah. Um, you know, it's weird, this mindset. And I got to get out of it. Um, so I was fine. I made all these short films and I was totally fine funding them myself. It was just, it was a passion of mine. I wasn't trying to make money. I was just, 
I just wanted to make movies. It's just something I always wanted to do, and um, I didn't care if I was making money off of them. So I, I produced all these shorts up to the gag short, and then obviously I got my first feature you know, funded. It wasn't for much, but it was more than I've ever seen, and um, it was fully funded. So now I feel like <clears throat> I have to stay in the world of features. But it's just – it's so expensive. I'm, I'm actively – um, you know, the very few connections I've made through gigs, I, I have two f- finished scripts that I'm um, shopping around, I guess you'd say, and I'm getting feedback, but it's just, it's like playing the lottery. You know, it's like you got one person who's interested, you know, I got one of my scripts, which is like, a, it's a, just my weird, strange take on the slasher genre. I, I really hope I can make it one day just because I, I really think a lot of people would dig it. Um you know, it got, the script got accepted to Scream Fest in LA and that got some people reading it, which was really exciting. But it's just, it, you know, all these stories you hear of this, it just, it, 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 it's like winning the lottery for it to go somewhere. You know, a producer will like it, but not, not enough to back it. You know, he's going to show it to a friend and then he's going to show it to a guy. And then it's just, it's just this waiting game. So I just, I mean, I'm going to keep doing that. I mean, I've been writing, you know, since gigs, I've written, three feature films and one short film. Uh, I'm always writing. It's my favorite thing to do, but I think I got to get a, a short film going here. I got to do something. So I got an idea I'm working on. Um, just a fun idea. That's going to allow me to work with some VFX artists. And uh, it's just a fun idea. I think it'll be a, a, just a fun little quick hitter for film festivals. Um, and then hopefully I, I I got a, I'm writing right now this idea for a low budget feature film horror, uh, feature horror film that, um, I God, I hope I can make it. I'm actually working with an artist right now to kind of put together some props. Um, I'm, I'm just always working on something, but to get something actually off the ground, especially for features, man, it's sure. hard. <laughs> it's, it's well, really hard. you can tell us, we won't tell anybody else. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> oh yeah no and the premises they're like it would be yeah it, it's not something any really filmmaker wants to talk about until <clears throat> until it's like finished like i remember yeah. like i kept we kept shooting the gag short we kept it a secret um like i didn't post anything about it no one knew i was making a film because i wanted to convince green bay that they had a clown so no one knew i shot this short film <clears throat> and it was so nice it was like, it was just like, I love like not having, cause for my other shorts, I made a, uh, I would make a Facebook page and then I would try and promote it. And I, it never really worked. I'd get like a hundred likes on it and it's all my friends and family, you know? And yeah. it's like, but then the gigs short film, it's like, I didn't tell anyone. And I had this marketing campaign for it and, and, and it blew up. So I, I, I kind of like that route. I kind of like just keeping all the cards close to your chest until you're ready to unleash it to the world. Yeah, I, I do got one more thing about that is I, I really loved what you did with subgenres. You know, this movie obviously was a, a horror comedy. It was a creepy clown movie. It was, I don't know if it was sneakily, uh, if that's a word, uh, <laughs> anthology, but it felt that way to me. But it was also paranormal because you never see gags kill anybody or, or maybe it's implied a little bit. But you never see him do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, absolutely. Yeah. And all of that was planned. I mean, we, I knew I wanted to inject humor into the feature film because it was a humorous subject. I mean, the fact that gigs was even a thing 
and that's <laughs> Aaron Rodgers like talked about him on a podcast and like USA Today and New York Times interviewed me. It's just so ridiculous and bizarre. So from the start and the Roman clown phenomenon is just, it's ridiculous. Um, so yeah, we always want to make it funny. And I, sometimes I wonder if we made it <clears throat> too funny and not enough scary, you know, just with some of the backlash of not backlash, but you know, some of the, the more negative reviews we've gotten since it's been released. Um, and, that, and the humor isn't for everyone, you know, like, you know, Lauren Ashley Carter, she's very vulgar. <laughs> <laughs> And I, it's my humor. I, I, I think it's hilarious, man. I, I haven't watched a film in a long time, but I mean, you know, I've, I've seen it well over a hundred times with how many times we watched it for editing and everything. And the lines, the back and forth between Dale and Heather still make me laugh out loud. Like, and that's amazing that I've seen the film that much. And they, those two still make me laugh. Like yeah, uh, when they're talking about the HR scene, it's like uh, most balls or whatever like that. It's like, I should call HR for that. Yeah. Well, that was, so that was actually ADR. So she said the find your balls or I'll find them for you on set. And then it was just, um, cause Dale wasn't actually, you know, why it wasn't actually behind the camera. It was my DP DJ cast. So then he yeah. follows her up the stairs. So then we did all of Dale's, you know, behind the camera dialogue in post-production and ADR. And I remember sitting with Wyatt um, and going through those lines and I, I thought of the HR one and I'm like, say I should probably report that to HR. And just <laughs> how he delivered it. It's another one of the lines. I'm laughing and thinking about it. It's another one of the lines that just makes me chuckle. I should probably report that to HR, but I'll let it slide. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, man. There, he's just, he's a funny guy. She, and she also says, quit being a pussy. And then he's like, I'm not. He's like, well, then quit queefing or something. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't hear you over the queefing. And we did, a, <laughs> we did a test screening in October of 2017. The film was probably 70% done. But uh, Nightmares Film Festival in Columbus, Ohio, an amazing film festival. Uh, one of the showrunners there. Um, the festival director, uh, Jason Tosveen, I'm probably saying his last name incorrectly, but great dude. And he let us, he gave us the time slot, you know, to, to do a test screening there. And it was awesome. We went down there, me and the producers went down there. We brought Eric who plays gigs and we had, had gigs show up and it was, it was really cool. Had about 55 people in the test screening, which was great for the afternoon time slot we were given on such mm -hmm. short notice. Really good turnout. And they all filled out cards for us. And we still joke about this with the producers, but there were five of those cards returned that's single, that, that specifically pointed out the creep joke. <laughs> Funny movie. Your clown is creepy. A plus queef joke. <laughs> and again, that was, that was all Lauren. Lauren. That was just Lauren improving. We, there was this creepy hallway in the basement of this abandoned building that the city let us shoot in and it was just it was great it was like it was it was ripe down there and lauren didn't actually even want to go down there but luckily she did and we just we walked that hallway and just filmed that that you know just had them go back and forth no script they were just all um you know ad-libbing and um she, like i said man she's got a mouth on her <laughs> awesome. but she is hilarious yeah. All right, man. We're not going to keep you too long, Andy. Do you have anything else for Adam? No, I don't think so. That was uh, that's some great information. It's a great movie, uh, and and I really enjoyed it. 
it yeah. uh, really punches above its weight, I think. I do too. Well, it's, thank you. it's very polished. Uh, I don't know what we gave it when we reviewed it, but I've, I've seen it multiple times. I get more and more enjoyment out of it. Uh, Adam, I do have one more question for you. And I, I'm sorry to throw you a curveball here, but what are your predictions for the Green Bay Packers this weekend against Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I, um, my wife and I were just talking about this. Like, I'm so excited for this game. Like, I'm so excited for it. I do think we're going to win. Uh, I just have this feeling that we're going to the Super Bowl. I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to be – I I never want to get too invested in these things because when I was younger, like in my college days, like a, a Packer loss would like ruin my week. <laughs> and I've since matured a little and realized there are much more important things in life. So I don't ever like getting that invested, but it's going to be a big game. I do think we're going to win, uh, but yeah, t- it's going to be tough. It's going to be really, really tough, but – I have so much trust in Rodgers right now. Like he's just playing so well and he's just in the, he just seems to be like in the right place mentally that I think he's going to, I think he's going to win it for us. And I, I mean, I think the whole team's going to play good. Um, I just got this. Defense is playing lights out. I mean, yeah. the last couple of weeks they've been playing lights out. Yep. So it's, it's, I can't wait for the game. I just, I, I can't wait. And my wife and I always talk like, do we wait until, you know, because we have a one-year-old. So it's a lot of times we play with her all day and then we don't, I record the games and we don't watch them until she's in bed. So at like eight, and I told my wife tonight, I'm like, I don't think I can wait on Sunday until eight. Like, I think we have to try and watch this live. <laughs> so, yeah. Keep her up all night and then let her sleep like during the game, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> so, so follow-up to that is, so Green Bay wins, you know, go pack go, right? Am I right? Um, who are they playing in the Super Bowl? Uh, I think it completely, and I haven't been up to date on it, but I think it completely depends on Patrick Mahomes' health. I mean, if he's 100% good to go, it's hard to bet against the Chiefs right now. Um, If he's not playing and it's his backup, well, then it's Buffalo for sure. But, (laughs) yeah, I think. Even if the, if it's Packers Chiefs in the Super Bowl, I hate to say it, but Packers would have to play just an absolute perfect game to beat that team. And it just they're so loaded on offense. They are. Who knows, man? Super Bowl, anything's possible. Hey, let's get there first. <laughs> Absolutely right. Hey, uh, Adam Krause, thank you so much for coming on with us for episode number ninety-four for the Horror for You podcast. Uh, we appreciate you. We kept you a lot longer than we said we would. So I apologize about that. Oh, Andy right. apologizes. But, man, this is uh, this has been a fun conversation. And once, you know, you have another script or, or, or everything gets signed for you, we'd love to have you back on. Absolutely, Adam. Thanks a lot for your uh, for your time tonight. Uh, great, great information about a great movie and uh, really cool stuff to, to hear. Thank you. And just real quick, thank you guys. I mean – just having me on and then just like the, the kind praise towards the film, it means a lot to, you know, just a, for a micro budget film like this and the filmmakers and it takes a lot of blood, sweat and tears to get this stuff made. And it's really quick for people online to just trash the movies. And it's, it's good to talk to people who understand just how hard it is to make a film. And again, the the praise, the kind words, it, it goes a long way. So thank you. You bet. You bet. Well deserved, Adam. Thanks a lot for being on. We will talk.